0: This is The Roadshow, and I'm your host, David Warren. If you listen to The Roadshow often, then you know what a big fan I am of life coach Valerie Burton. Whether I'm reading advice from one of her weekly emails or interviewing her about a new book, we, the audience, always come away with tools to help us move forward in life. Well, today is no exception, as Valerie joins me to discuss her latest book entitled, Where Will You Go From Here? subtitled Moving Forward When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. Let's get started by welcoming back Valerie Burton. So good to have you back with us, Valerie.
1: Thank you, David. It's so good to be with you.
0: You know, this book could not have been released at a better time. Over this past year, I have had, I'd say, three life blows, or maybe we'll say setbacks, as you call them, right in a row in my personal life. And when I saw the title of this book, I thought, "Boy, can I relate to that. Where will you go from here? Moving forward when life doesn't go as planned." I'm one of those A-type personalities, and I don't like it when my plans messed up. And can you <laughs> can, can you relate to my story here?
1: Absolutely. And most of us don't like it. We want to know what's coming, when it's coming, how it's coming. <laughs> And we don't tend to like um, surprises, especially when they don't go in the direction that we hope for.
0: Well, this title... Um, So I
1: definitely can relate to that.
0: This title, Valerie, came out of a a question that you asked. It wasn't, where will you go from here? It was, where will I go from here? What happened in your own life?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I um, uh, just about two and a half years ago went through uh, a divorce. My marriage ended, um, certainly not something uh, that I was expecting, and it was... Uh, for me, the most difficult thing I have ever been through. And uh, talk about a setback. I I really kind of liken it to, you know, you're walking along your path and you feel like you got sideswiped into a ditch. And if you imagine getting sideswiped and landing in that ditch, you know, it kind of knocks you out for a while. And you come to and you you might wonder where you are. Uh, You might wonder, how do I get back onto that path I was on? um, Or how do I forge a new path? Because often when we have setbacks, It's not about going back to where we were. It's about starting over completely. And so, you know, one of the things I learned and I noticed through that process um, is that it is a process when you land in a ditch, whether it's a divorce or a health diagnosis or a bankruptcy or a job loss. Um, I mean, there's so many different types of setbacks that we experience in life. And if you live long enough, you're going to experience uh, one and probably some of them, not, (laughs) not just one. Um, and so that's where this came from in my life that, um, we have setbacks and our job is to be resilient, um, and to not stay in that ditch, but to find our way
0: out. And I bet you have a lot of compassion, especially for people who are going through or have just come through a divorce.
1: Absolutely. I, I know, um, you know, the pain of it. I also, um, I think that when you go through painful situations and when, you know, a lot of times when we go through setbacks, um, we're embarrassed by them or we don't want to talk about them or we, we hide from them. And learning to be humble enough um, to accept that your life isn't perfect, I think, is really huge. And so for me, um, in many ways, it helped me understand others' pain more. And it wasn't that I hadn't been through painful situations before but you know there's pain and then there's you know devastation that you have in your life sometimes and it those things shake the foundation of who you are and if you become better and not bitter as a result then on the other side you are able to connect with people more you are able to be more compassionate and you learn some things about yourself and about life that you may not otherwise have learned.
0: So what was the catalyst that propelled you into writing this new book about moving forward when life doesn't go as planned?
1: Well, you know, it was a few things. Um, one is that I began talking with my publisher, and we were brainstorming ideas, and one of the people in the meeting didn't have any idea of what I was going through at the time, but he asked me, "What, um, you know, what was I seeing with my audiences that I speak to? Because I, I speak a lot um, around the country. And I said, you know... Um, I went back to grad school a few years ago at University of Pennsylvania and I studied a subject called positive psychology. And traditional psychology tends to focus on um, fixing problems, which is really important. A lot of people have problems, um, mental health issues that need to be dealt with. But positive psychology is the study of what makes people happier, more resilient, how do you tap into your strengths, all the good stuff that goes right with people as opposed to what goes wrong. Uh-huh. And so I had begun using that and, and, um, and doing resilience training. So I was kind of noticing that people were really connecting with this idea of bouncing back, especially in light of the economy and just different things people are dealing with. And so as we talked through it, we came up with the idea. And of course, it resonated so much with me because I was right in the middle of bouncing back. Um, and I recognized that, you know, for me, it was divorce. But for so many people right now, a lot of the setbacks, are financial or, or career-related because of the economy. And so it just it just was a fit. It made sense.
0: Well, then it really makes sense why the central theme of this new book is the importance of enjoying the journey when you're going from here to there, because that's where most of our time is spent, is in the journey.
1: Right. <laughs> the vast majority is the process. And recognizing that the the end or the bounce-back side is the end, it's not the two, and we have to be willing to go to it, go through it, um, and to learn from it in the process, and not get frustrated, but to learn to be more patient, um, to learn to be accepting of where we are, and to stop fighting it, because that makes the journey a whole lot harder, it drains our energy um, when we're fighting against what is, you know, one of the things I say over and over in the book um, is something that became my mantra, which is, it is what it Uh Um, If you can just sometimes say that to yourself, it is what it is. No, this isn't what I would have planned, but it is what it is. So what will I do from
0: here? And Valerie, don't you believe that when you make it a point to make sure there is joy in your journey, that that joy, as the Bible says, it is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's what propels us to go from here to there, where we want to wind up.
1: Absolutely. And I I love that you brought that up, because one of the subjects that I studied But the amazing thing is all this research can be backed up with scripture. And I think it's so exciting um, that scriptures such as, you know, in Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is your strength, it is so true. And one of the reasons that it's true is because the way God made us, um, positive emotion actually makes us stronger. It actually expands our ability to deal with adversity and with stress. So when you're going through particularly difficult times, it's especially important to laugh to be around people that you care about, to do things that bring you joy, because you need something to balance out all the negative emotion and negative situations that you may be um, dealing with. The joy of the Lord really is your strength.
0: What are some of the joy creators for Valerie Burton? Now that you've gone through this divorce, what were some of the things that you made sure that you did personally to enjoy the journey of going from here, coming off of a divorce, to going there, and we'll talk about where there is here in just a bit.
1: Well, I think most importantly, I won't say I enjoyed the whole journey. Um, You know, I think it's important that you find joyful moments in the midst of what you're going through, but I can't say that everyone is going to have a setback where they're going to be able to enjoy the process. Of getting to that next point, but you need to find joy along the journey, if that makes sense. I mean, you know, I I share a lot of stories in the book people that have been through bankruptcies, divorce, the death of a spouse, the death of a child, um, you know, losing physical abilities. And there's nothing joyful about that, but it is about having a joyful attitude in the process. And so one of the things that I did um, was I was very prayerful about whether I was going to stay where I lived. Uh, while I was married or whether I was going to move. And I, I really felt God led me to move south, which is where my family is from, where my parents were born and raised. And having grown up in a military family, I never lived near my extended family. That brought me so much joy. Being able to be around people I love who loved me brought me a great deal of support and a great deal of joy. And so sometimes when you're going through things, I think one of the most important sources of our joy is the people in our lives. We have to be very intentional about Um, tapping into those relationships, about accepting help when people are willing to offer it, and about connecting and having those joyful moments, because they really do pull you through. You don't want to go through it alone. You know, don't have so much pride that you feel like, oh, I can do this all on my own. I can bounce back by myself, because it's not true. We need each other, and we need people. And it's typically in fellowship and in relationship with others that we find the most joy.
0: Valerie, before we start our journey from here to there, what we want our destination to be. Let's do what you did in the book. You suggest we make five commitments before we even start mm-hmm. our journeys. Let's talk about these five. Yeah,
1: yeah so um, these are commitments, and these, these are about your mindset. Um, and I basically say in the book, don't think this book will work <laughs> if you don't make these five commitments. Um, and the commitment number one is, I will not feel sorry for myself. And it's essential that you don't wallow in self-pity. It is not that you might not be um, sad, that you might not have something to mourn. These are very normal responses to a setback, whether it's the death of a loved one or the loss of a job. When you lose something, when when something leaves your life, it's normal to be sad, but you can't wallow in pity. It, It allows you to be stuck. Um, and it makes you the victim as opposed to someone who's going to um, come back. Commitment number two is I will not stare at the closed door. (laughs) I will not stare at the closed door.
0: Well, that's a big one for me because I'm a perfectionist, and I want to know why this happened. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. are you saying let it go?
1: I'm saying let it go. I'm saying that you can waste a great deal of time Staring at what might have been, what was, um, how much better you think it was before. um, We get really stuck in the past and you can't move forward staring behind you. You have to turn around and face forward even if what's in front of you scares you half to death. It's really important to have to muster up the courage to face forward. And also because sometimes that door is closed and it's closed permanently it's not going to open back up, and the sooner you're willing to um, accept that and to, um, to embrace your new life, whatever that is going to look like, um, the sooner you're going to be able to move forward. And it's really essential not to just stare at the closed door. And you might find yourself doing it, you know, constantly talking about um, an old situation. You, know, you, you got laid off the job, you're still talking about your old boss or the people that should have gotten laid off instead of you. <laughs> I mean, it just can go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And it's a waste of your time and your energy. You need that energy to make your comeback.
0: The number three commitment that we need to make before we start our journeys: I will dig deep to unearth all the courage I need. How did you do that? Yeah, I bet the Bible oh, and, I, and your and your I, faith in God was so essential for this one.
1: I did that because one, if we look throughout Scripture, um, over and over again, um. God tells us to be strong and of good courage. In fact, between verses 6 and 9 in Joshua chapter 1, it says it three times. And one of the things that I, I really learned is that, you know, God wouldn't command us to be courageous if He didn't know that we were going to have fear. The only reason you need courage is because fear exists. And so we have to be willing to muster that courage. And God can give you the courage. Um, I, you know, it, it takes a lot of courage to have faith that. Um, that you're going to be okay, that you can get through whatever the situation is that you need to get through. And so I just really leaned on that. I had to believe um, that God has planned for my life, um, that this was a scary time, a scary um, path that I was walking, um, but that He gave me everything I needed to get through it, and He has. And so you have to believe. I mean, you really have to stand on faith. Um, And sometimes one of the best ways to do that is to look back at other things that you have made it through Mm -hmm. and to remind yourself um, of your ability to be resilient and to bounce back and to remind yourself of how awesome your God is that He is able to carry you through even when you couldn't carry yourself. So I think being able to have courage... Really, it takes courage not to feel sorry for yourself. It takes courage not to stare at the closed door. Um, It takes courage to start over um, in life and in in work, whatever the setback happens to be.
0: Number four, I will direct my thoughts. My thoughts will not direct me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This is a huge one. So A lot of people believe that, you you know, I can't control my thoughts. They just come to me. Well, you know what? You can't always control the ones that show up in your mind, but you can control which ones you dwell on. And if you think about it, like, you know, your, your thoughts or your mind is like a, a house, and thoughts show up, and they should not be able to just walk into your house and sit on the sofa and kick their feet up. They need to knock. <laughs> you need to look out and go, do I want to let this thought in, mm-hmm. or do I not? We need to take every thought captive, and we need to make sure that it lines up with the Word of God, that it lines up with what God would say to us. And so an easy way to do that is to say, you know what, this is God talking to me or is this the enemy talking to me? Is this thought helping me, or is this thought hurting me? And if the thought is hurting you, if you know the thought isn't a God thought, then think another thought and consciously do it. And I would highly recommend if there are thoughts that you struggle with over and over again, you know, I, will, I won't make it through this, I can't do this. Um, you know, whatever the negative thought is, write them all down, acknowledge what they are, and then really pray about what's the opposite thought you want to replace it with. Because if it's a thought that comes up over and over again, you need to be prepared with what that new thought is. So it really is about being aware of the beliefs and the thoughts that you let enter your mind and to be very conscious about how you replace those thoughts with God thoughts and with thoughts that are, that are going to help you move forward.
0: And then our final commitment before starting our new journeys is to choose to believe that all things work together for good. I'm David Warren, your host on today's Roadshow, talking with Valerie Burton. She's written a new book that she's lived, and we're getting ready to live it with her. Where will you go from here? We're going to talk about how to get to there from here after this. I'm David Warren, here with some exciting news for Oasis listeners. We have a new mobile device app. It's free, easy to download, and lets you enjoy our refreshing music and talk everywhere you go. If you have an Android cell phone, go to the Google Play Store. And if you have an iPhone or iPad, visit the Apple Store and search for Oasis Radio Network. Be an Oasis ambassador and share this news with family and friends around the world. On today's Roadshow, I'm David Warren, talking with one of my favorite Roadshow guests. Her name is Valerie Burton, and you hear me read from her weekly emails from time to time on this program. But today I have the pleasure of interviewing her once again, this time about her new book, Where Will You Go From Here? Moving Forward When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. Now, Valerie, I've called you a life coach a couple times so far, but I notice that you call yourself a certified personal and executive coach. What is that?
1: <laughs> well, um, my business, um, the Cap Institute, which is coaching and positive psychology, actually trains and certifies people as certified personal and executive coaches. So, I do personal coaching as well as you know, coaching executives and business owners and so forth. So, all of it is coaching. It just depends, you know, what domain <laughs> that you're coaching people in. And really, I just help people look at where am I now, where am I trying to go, how do I overcome those obstacles between here. And there, that's really what a coach does, Um, and it's all about asking powerful questions and helping people, you know, find the right answers to those questions.
0: And whenever you are getting coached, Valerie, it is so important that your coach has a God-centered perspective, if you really do want to wind up at the proper destination, that is. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, you could wind up at a lot of places, but we want to wind up where God wants us to wind up.
1: So at the core, when I begin coaching and and when our coaches begin coaching, we start with purpose. Um, Why are you here? What are the gifts, the talents, the passion, the experiences that God has given you, and how are those meant uh, to make a difference in the world? And one of those powerful questions that answers that is, how is someone's life better when they cross your path? Whatever your answer is to that is about your mission, and we all have a mission. Jesus had a mission statement. In John 10.10, I've come that they might have life and life more abundantly. Everything he did in ministry was so that we would have life and life more abundantly. So if you can get clear about what your mission is, um, it becomes a lot easier to establish what the vision is, what the destination is in terms of where you're going, as well as what kinds of things are you doing on that journey as you cross paths with other people? How do you make a difference for them? You know, Why are their lives better? Because they cross paths with you.
0: Well, more on this issue, as well as the Cap Institute, can be found on Valerie's website, ValerieBurton.com. There you will also find information on her new book, which we're discussing today, Where Will You Go From Here? And chapter two is, where in the world are you? And why is it, <laughs> why, why is it important to know where we are before we know where we're going to wind up?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, when we know where we are, we can kind of see what the damage is that's been done. What have we lost? Um, You know, where are we? If we know where we are, then we can start to get an understanding of what direction to take um, next. And it's not always that it's time for us to move. It's just important for us to really understand, again, what's been lost, um, where we really stand. We don't want to overestimate it. Um, You know, we don't want to make something bigger than it is because some setbacks are bigger than others, but we also don't want to um, downplay something that's much bigger than we're acting like it is. You know, that can really be a coping mechanism that people have in order to deal with trauma, to deal with stress, is to pretend like, oh, this isn't really so bad. It's really not that big of a deal. And so it's important to understand where you are and to be honest with yourself about where things stand so that you can begin to make a good plan For digging your way out of your
0: ditch so how did you do that personally you had just come through a divorce and you had to assess the damage before you could move forward
1: yeah Um, I think for one thing I did it carefully I gave myself time to breathe Um, I didn't begin making decisions um, immediately you know, I literally took several months to just be with family so that I could process and establish where I was and then make a decision about um, where I needed to go, you know, answering that question, where will you go from here? Mm-hmm. But one of the critical questions that I had to ask, and I challenge anyone going through a setback to ask is, will I get up or will I give up? Because there is a temptation when you land in that ditch to just to just lie there and, and to feel like I, I'm not going to make it out of this. My life is... Not only is it forever changed, but it will never be any better than it is right now. And so you have to make that decision to choose to be resilient. And to say, as I did, um, you know what, I'm going to glean every lesson the Lord has for me out of this. I'm going to glean every bit of wisdom, and um, He's going to get the glory out of it somehow. And and this book, for me, is a part of that, that um, whatever it is that you go through, um, God can use it. And if He's used this book to help other people... Um, to deal with their challenges and their setbacks. And I feel like not everything that I went through um, is in vain. And I, th- I think that's really, really essential. Um, whether you're, again, you're dealing with, with a death, whether you're dealing with a bankruptcy, you lost your home, you lost your job, um, is there something you're going to take out of it that God can get the glory from?
0: Chapter 3, there's a question that, that we ask at this point, and I know we can't stay here long, but it's important that we ask the question, and we won't ask you about your life personally because it's your personal life, but you do need to ask the question, how did you end up here? How did this happen? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So if there are things that maybe um,
0: we're doing that caused it, we sure don't want to repeat them in our next journey.
1: Absolutely. And this is a big part of healing. (laughs) This is a big part of determining um, where will you go from here is to say, did I have a part in it? And if I did, what is it? What am I going to learn from it? Not to beat yourself up. You cannot change decisions you made in the past, but you can choose to not make poor decisions in the future. And so whenever you end up in a ditch, if you had anything to do with it, and not every ditch do you have something to do with. I tell the story in the book of a high school friend of mine, Kevin, who became paraplegic our freshman year of college uh, doing a hazing ritual on the baseball team. Uh, You know, he he had a full scholarship to college and in October of his freshman year, um, you know, literally lost his ability to walk and is paralyzed um, from the neck down. That wasn't his fault, (laughs) right? So... A lot of times there are situations we're in and we didn't have anything um, to do with ending up there. However, there are many situations where we might have, even if we played a small role, we need to understand what that is. And we need to very importantly um, not make hasty decisions um, because if we are too busy trying to prove that we didn't have anything to do with it or, or as I was just saying a moment ago, we're downplaying how significant our issue is, we can make decisions in the midst of being in our ditch that make it worse. And so it's really important to be honest with yourself about where you are and how you ended up where you are.
0: And as we start our new journeys, Valerie, there's change, obviously. And for a lot of people, change is scary. It's the unknown. You know, they know where they want to go, the destination, but they don't know all the things that are going to take place or maybe even how to get there. So Chapter 4, you say, what are you most afraid of? Address that, if you would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So fear is what typically
1: keeps us from anything. When you find yourself hesitating on something you know you're supposed to be moving forward on, you have to ask yourself, what am I afraid will happen if I move forward? And a lot of times we will pretend like we're not afraid or we will hide our fears. We'll never verbalize them. We won't speak them. We won't say them to anyone else. And what I'm saying is you want to drag your fears into the light. You want to um, to actually... Um, so, yeah, this scares me. <laughs> so, if you can say that, then you can begin praying for the courage that you need to address whatever those fears are. And so um, there's a phrase called catastrophizing, which is when we allow our fears to just really spiral out of control. You know, we go from zero to, you know, my life is completely over in about 5.6 seconds, right? And all of us have done it at various times. But it's really important, again, for us to notice our thoughts. You remember commitment number four I will direct my thoughts, my thoughts will not direct me. And so it's really essential that you call your fears into the light. That you notice them, and then that you begin to muster the courage to overcome them in a very intentional
0: way. Well, I like the fact that you have studied what you call positive psychology, so that as you're addressing, you know, change that's obviously going to be taking place as you're making changes after a setback, then instead of what bad things could happen to me in the process, you look at it as what great things could happen to me in the process. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there is something called um, post traumatic growth. So, we all hear about post traumatic stress, but post traumatic growth is that often when we go through difficult things, we will find on the other side of it that somehow we were a better person as a result. Um, maybe we became more patient. Perhaps we became more grateful. Perhaps we decided to invest more in our relationships. And so very often on the other side of our pain, of our of our difficult challenges, we will discover a better self if we open ourselves to those lessons um, and if we're willing to be humble about where we really are.
0: Good advice from today's guest, Valerie Burton. I've called her Life Coach, but we now know that she is a certified personal and executive coach. She is also the author of a new book out on Waterbrook Press, available at your local Christian bookstore. The name of the book we're discussing, Where Will You Go From Here? Subtitled, Moving Forward When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. This book is also available, as well as information on this positive psychology we've been talking about. Uh, There's an institute that Valerie can tell you more about on her website, ValerieBurton.com, spelled V-A-L-O-R-I-E-B-U-R-T-O-N.com. I'm David Warren, your host, and you know, everybody loves a comeback story, so when we come back after this break, Valerie will (laughs) coach us through our very own comebacks back after this.
1: The Roadshow is a listener favorite, which airs each weekday here on the Oasis Radio Network starting at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central. The Roadshow also has a great section on our website, oasisnetwork.org. There you'll find audio archives of select past interviews, plus guest lineup, and contact information and links to our Roadshow sponsors and its hosts. So join us for the Roadshow, whether on your radio or on your computer, at oasisnetwork.org.
0: Reading from the back of the book we're discussing today by certified personal and executive coach Valerie Burton, the name of the book, Where Will You Go From Here? Valerie asks, has the unexpected knocked you off course? You lost your job to the latest round of layoffs. Maybe a relationship you thought would last forever didn't. A health challenge is disrupting your life. Well, life doesn't always go according to plan, but with the right attitude and skills, you can persevere through even the toughest situations and emerge stronger and better than ever. So, Valerie, you're a coach. It's time to coach us through our very own comebacks and three D's are involved, the letter D. Let's talk about the three
1: D's.
0: (laughs) Well, the first one
1: is destination. And, you know, you need something that gives you hope, right? And so um, when you're looking at how do I make my comeback, you need to have a new um, vision. And that's what that destination is, a vivid, specific description of where it is that you're headed, something that will compel you to move forward, something that gives you hope, Um, something that you can be excited about, something that's very purposeful for you. So you've got to be clear and specific about where the destination is. Where will you go from here? Once you've, you know, essentially done what we've been talking about, which is assessing where you are, um, being willing to heal, being willing to muster up some of that courage um, and and to get stable, then you begin saying, okay, where am I going from here? Um, Identify it get really clear about it. And it needs to be compelling because you're going to face some roadblocks along the way. You're going to face some obstacles. And so it needs to be a strong enough vision or destination that you will continue moving forward even in the face of those stumbling blocks. Um, And then the second D is direction. So once you've got destination, you want to be able to identify um, some very clear goals. Um, Goals are different from actually action steps. So Mm -hmm. goals are objectives that you have. It's something that's very measurable. It's something that lines up with your vision and with your purpose. What are those goals? And you want to be able to write those goals down so that you have some milestones along the way that you can really measure to say, you know what, looks like I'm moving in the right direction, or you know what, I veered off track a little bit. Um, And then the third D is daily action. And so Really having a comeback is about being able to be consistent. Um, That requires discipline. (laughs) That's another D. Um, That um, we be willing every single day to start over. And sometimes every single day, we really do need to renew our attitude, renew our sense of discipline. We're not always going to be perfect at it. But if you take those steps day by day, one of my favorite scriptures is Ecclesiastes 5.3. It says, um, A dream comes through much activity but a fool is known by his many words. (laughs) We need activity to move towards the dream, to move towards that destination. And so every day, even if it's small steps, I'll give you an example. My mother um, had a brain aneurysm almost 10 years ago while we were talking on the phone. We didn't realize in that moment that that was what happened, but within a few hours her brain had begun swelling um, and she ended up having emergency brain surgery that night she was in the hospital for two months. She had lost all of her physical abilities. She couldn't swallow. She couldn't see. She couldn't stand up or sit up. Um, her speech was impaired. Um, and her, her bladder didn't function. I mean, it was just so many things. And I remember, you know, moving back home to help take care of my mom. And every single day she had to do therapy. She had to do speech therapy. She had to do occupational therapy. She had to do physical therapy. And even when the therapists were not there with her, I would watch her sit at the kitchen table and do the exercises that they had told her would help her to get better. And day by day, she began to get better. Eventually, she was able to swallow again. Her vision did come back. Um, her bladder did begin to function again. You know, She was able to drive again. And although she still has a few disabilities, it was from that consistent action. One of the things they say about stroke victims or people who have the type of aneurysm that she had is that... If you don't do the steps, if you don't take the actions, do the exercises every day that you need to do, within a short period of time, you will lose the ability to regain many of your abilities. So it's really imperative that every single day you realize, you know what, I'm on a journey to come back. And a part of that journey is to be disciplined enough every single day to do the little things that I need to do to get to my destination.
0: You know, in the case of your mother, it was very clear what her destination was right away to regain control of, of her body so that she could function in this world. But when you, Valerie, came through the divorce, there wasn't a, a crystal clear destination right away. You had to right. choose your new destination. And this is where it is so important that we're looking at this from a God-centered perspective, because you could have chosen a destination that maybe you thought you wanted, but was not what God wanted for you. So let's address this when we don't know exactly where there is, unlike, again, in the case of your mother, she knew where there was to regain control of her body, but for you, there were questions. Now what?
1: Yeah. So part of it, really, was... Me being able to grow in my faith, and I know that sounds so vague, <laughs> but when you go through something that impacts pretty much every area of your life, and you don't know what it's going to look like five years down the road, but what you can know is that you want to trust God, and you have to trust Him on whole new levels when you go through something like a divorce or you lose a job, or you lose your home, or even you lose a child or spouse or or someone close to you. And so a lot of times that destination is to get to a place where you can have peace and joy even in the midst of your storm. And that becomes your daily action. That becomes what you're trying to exercise is your faith. That's what it was for me. To be able to say, I don't know what it's going to look like in five years or ten years. I don't know if I'm ever going to have children. I have hope for that. But right now, I have to say every single day, I trust God with my life. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. And part of trusting you means I don't have to know everything. <laughs> but what I do have to know is that you have my best interests at heart and that I want to know that I'm pleasing you, and I want to know that every day I'm walking in faith and not fear. And so, again, that destination, when I talk about my mother going through an aneurysm, losing all of her physical abilities, that's a very obvious one that, yeah, you want to be able to talk again and walk again and, and swallow again. Those are very obvious ones. But even for someone going through a health challenge... You know, when she had the aneurysm, all of a sudden she was forced into retirement at 49 years old. Mm. So there were other elements of what she had to learn, and they required trust. So I think when you have a setback, one of the biggest things you gain and one of the most important destinations you can get to is that place of trust and peace and joy. And really, if I can impose anything on a person listening, is that you can choose joy in the midst of your most difficult circumstances, and don't allow your circumstances to determine how happy you're going to be. And I'm not saying you need to be happy about what happened, but I'm saying that every day when you get up, you make a choice. Am I going to be miserable today? And Am I going to decide that because of what I've been through, I can't be happy? I can't smile? I can't laugh? Or am I going to make a decision that, you know what, life isn't the way I planned it, there are a whole lot of people on this planet that have lives that aren't the way they planned it. Am I going to be joyful and grateful for what I do have rather than focusing constantly on what I don't have?
0: Valerie, your book that we're talking about, Where Will You Go From Here, Moving Forward When Life Doesn't Go As Planned, it's full of comeback stories. You mentioned your friend from college a little earlier. Tell us one, maybe two, comeback stories that really touch your heart that you included.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, one of the reasons I decided to interview other people, David, is because, you know, I knew I wasn't going to talk about my story. Um, I thought that when we go through a setback, it's very helpful to hear about other people's stories because it gives us perspective. But as I interviewed these people, boy, did it give me perspective on what I was going through. So um, quite a few stories. One of them that really touched me is the story of Lillian and her husband, Reverend Steve Sparks. and They had um, a child just soon after they were 22 years old. They were pastors and had just begun um, their first position pastoring a church. Um, Lillian gave birth to their son just two months after they um, started at that church. And when little Brian was born, 80% of the skin came off his body mm. upon birth. Um, it was an extremely rare skin disease, extraordinarily painful, and um, she painted this picture for me of of them as a young 22-year-old couple standing over the incubator of their newborn child who had literally um, blisters and balloons hanging all over his body, and every time he would kick, it would be worse, and he was crying. And she said her husband, um, while they were praying over the incubator, said, do you remember that when we were engaged, we prayed a prayer um, that God would give us um, a special anointing. And essentially, he said God is answering that prayer. Not that we would have wanted this, but we're going to persevere through this. We're going to take care of this child. And it's going to require a great deal from us. But out of that, we're going to have an anointing that we would not otherwise have had. And little Brian... uh, continued to grow up. He had multiple surgeries over time. Um, He ended up having skin cancer because of all of those various um, surgeries. She talked to me about, you know, how long it would take her, an hour and a half in the morning to change his bandages, two hours in the evenings to change his bandages. They sent him all over the world trying to get um, help. And Brian had a beautiful singing voice. (laughs) He he grew up to begin teaching Sunday school, singing in churches around um, New York, and uh, he grew only to be 50 pounds. Um, at 21 years old, he was 50 pounds. Um, and, and he eventually passed away. And if you, when you read his story and you read their story and you, you see how grateful of a person Brian was despite his disabilities. He had special equipment and learned how to drive and learned how to do a lot of things. And, you know, he said there was one instance that a few months before he died and he, he knew he was going to die before Christmas. He had bought gifts for his They had several more children after Brian, all of whom happened to be healthy. Um, And he essentially said one day in the hospital, talking to his grandmother, and she began to, to weep, and he said, Nana, don't feel sorry for me. And when you hear stories like that, and you're feeling sorry for yourself because you lost your job, or you're feeling sorry for yourself because your marriage ended, it really makes you put things into perspective and to recognize that you can choose to be grateful for whatever it is that you have. And so, you know, these stories, many of them are quite dramatic. Um, for me, gave me perspective, but I know for the reader will give you um, a great deal of perspective and hope um, and strength for your situation.
0: Valerie, before we take our final break, tell us about your own comeback. You were divorced two years ago, so how is life today?
1: You know, my life is so different. I, I moved um, south. I live in Atlanta. Um, I live around so many of my family members, which has been absolutely wonderful. God has opened up a lot of doors for me professionally um, and personally, and I'm still in that journey, you know. It's not like I can tie it all up in a neat uh, bow <laughs> in a gift box and say, oh, and now I'm married again, and, you know. It's not that, but I know that um, that, that God has opened so many doors for me um, and that the journey continues, and I'm not at the destination yet, but I have a lot of joy um, I've learned a lot. I have a lot more wisdom um, than I had, and I continue to to take every opportunity to glean that wisdom. Um, but I'm happier than I have ever been, and that is only because God has healed me in many ways um, and because I know He's with me. I mean, He has shown me that every step I had to go through in that process, every difficult step, every step that I, you know, I weeped and I cried and have had uncertainty. God has been there, and I think you begin to know God in a more intimate way when you go through things that only God can help you through. Um, and so that's where I am. Um, I'm in a good place.
0: Well, coming from my vantage point, I interviewed you before you were divorced, and you were you were quite excellent, and you you know you hit all your marks, and you gave us our bullet points, but. I have to say I'm really enjoying today's interview the most because you're a different person. You're very warm and congenial, and you're very easy to speak with, and people can relate to that. So congratulations, Valerie Burton.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that.
0: Valerie has written a new book entitled, Where Will You Go From Here? Out on Waterbrook Press at your local Christian bookstore, also online online at Valerie's website, ValerieBurton.com, spelled B-A-L-O-R-I-E-B-U-R-T-O-N.com. Valerie and I, David Warren, will be back for some final thoughts after this. Oasis Oasis listeners, there are so many good reasons to visit us at OasisNetwork.org. You can access song information, our business sponsors listed by category, details on your favorite radio programs, plus our popular online listening. And while there, click on the Facebook link to like us and stay up to date on what's going on here at the Oasis. Again, our Internet website address is oasisnetwork.org. Here's a little bit about the author of the book we're discussing today, Where Will You Go From Here?, Valerie Burton is a certified personal and executive coach who has served hundreds of clients in many states and countries. The founder of the Cap Institute, she's also the author of several books, including What's Really Holding You Back? Burton has written for numerous publications, including Essence, Woman's Day, and Oh! The Oprah Magazine. And as we learned earlier, she lives now in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information on today's guest, you can visit her at Valerie Burton dot com. I know that's where you can go to sign up for the free weekly e-coaching emails that you send out. Valerie, what are some of the other features that you're excited about on your website?
1: Oh, I'm really excited about our um, coach training program, which we launched in 2010. And then, of course, the newsletter, which I've been doing for about 10 years now. I can't even believe that. Where you can hear from me every week. And so in those, I always talk about where I'm Coming. If I'm coming to your area, I speak a lot in churches and sometimes, you know, public events that uh, that you can come out to. So, uh, check out the website. Um, the other site is capinstitute.com, c a p p institute.com. If you're interested in coaching,
0: the website for more information on the book we're talking about. Where will you go from here? And you can also order it there, valerieburton.com, spelled V a l o r i e, b u r t o n, dot com. In her book, Where Will You Go From Here, Valerie helps you navigate life's obstacles and unexpected challenges. You'll find tools you need to be resilient in the face of setbacks now and in the future, including some of the things we talked about already today, the five commitments, step-by-step guidance, strategies, and then two bullet points I want to cover before we say goodbye that are included in this book, Valerie. You talk about in-the-heat-of-the-moment words to combat negative thinking. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, so resilient people are very aware of their thinking. And so, you know, our actions come from our thoughts. We have to notice what we're telling ourselves in the heat of the moment when, you know, we're facing an adversity or a stressor. And so you want to make sure that what you're telling yourself is helping you get through the situation and not weakening you. And so if your thoughts were like a ticker tape and we could see you know, kind of your, your thoughts going across the top of your forehead, what would they be saying, mm-hmm. right? And so for a lot of people, you know, it's, it's the negative stuff. I can't get through this. Um, you know, I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever enough. You fill in the blank as to what that is. Um, you know, people are out to get me. I mean, a lot of things we tell ourselves are not very helpful. And so you want to make sure you replace that negative, pessimistic thinking with thoughts that are God's thoughts, thoughts that are going to be strengthening for you, that are going to be helpful to you. And so it takes practice, but over time you'll start to notice um, how often you're saying things that aren't helpful. And, you know, we know from the book of Proverbs, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And sometimes you can completely change your outlook simply by saying something different. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For example, with God, all things are possible. I can get through this. I am courageous, even when you don't feel courageous. So you need to really take those thoughts captive, and you really need to direct your thoughts. And a lot of times that comes through the words that you say, whether you say them out loud or you're saying them to yourself.
0: I, David Warren, personally do what are called affirmations. I do them every day. In fact, mm-hmm. part of my journaling that I do, I have a little check mark area to make sure that I have done my daily affirmations. It's kind of replacement therapy. We know that negative thoughts, yep. which of course turn into negative words, are going to happen automatically. So we want to go ahead and replace those before they have time to take root, Valerie.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another thing, Absolutely. Y- and, and being intentional like that with affirmations is a powerful way to do it.
0: All right. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Another thing that you cover in the book <laughs> that, that I want you to explain before we say goodbye, you give us practical exercises to become better, not bitter. As a result of something adverse that has taken place in our lives, something we don't want, something that has caused a setback. So what are some of these practical exercises to look forward, to be positive and not become bitter and stuck in the situation and in the past?
1: Well, I think, one, it's a decision. And you have to say, I am going to be better and not bitter. I made that decision. You know, I'm going to have to walk through this fire, but it will not consume me. Um, So, you know, there are some things you can do that bring joy. Um, One thing I recommend is it sounds almost similar to you doing the affirmations, but keep a gratitude journal. Um, There is a lot of evidence that gratitude actually not only makes us happier, it makes us healthier. Um, So a real simple thing to do is count your blessings before you go to bed and, you know, just three of them, and uh, count your blessings instead of sheep. You'll actually (laughs) sleep longer. There's research around this. Um, You want to make sure that um, you ask God about your purpose. You know, can I glean some purpose out of this pain that I'm going through, Lord? How do you want to use this, um, you know, for other people's lives? How do you want me to use this in my own life? Um, Being willing to choose hope, you know, when we look at the definition of hope, In Hebrews 11 and 1, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. If you're not hoping for anything, you really don't need faith. And a lot of people, um, I always say if you stop hoping, you start settling. And A lot of people will settle for less than what God has for you because you're afraid to have hope because you don't want to be disappointed. And one of the most important things you can do is to have hope, um, to be willing to say, Lord, I don't have to see how it's all going to come together but I'm asking you to help make things come together and I'm trusting you to do that. You want to ask believing that God will do it. Um, And then something that every American needs to do that often we don't do, um, every person needs to do, is to just get moving. Exercise actually has been shown in many cases to be as effective as antidepressants. And obviously when you go through setbacks, a lot of times your mood is going to change, but even 20 to 30 minutes of vigorous exercise can boost your mood for up to 24 hours. So really important to get moving. Even better grab a partner, grab you know, grab somebody that also needs to get moving and get out, take a walk, take a jog, you know, get some fresh air, um, you know, play a sport, whatever it is that's going to get you moving. And then be sure to connect with others very intentionally. It's very easy to kind of go into your little cave, your little spot, isolate yourself when you're going through something difficult. Do not allow the enemy to keep you so embarrassed that you kind of stay in your little hole because you don't want to talk to people. You don't want them to know what you're going through. Do just the opposite. Call on people. Connect with people. And you will find that you will not only feel better, but you'll be stronger and often um, even just being able to talk to other people can be powerful. And then I think really importantly, um, don't just focus on your problems. I don't care what you're going through. You can still be generous and give to other people So one of the things that will lift you faster than anything is to do something for somebody else, (laughs) do something kind, do something helpful, do some volunteer work, get out there and give. It's definitely better to give than to receive. We know that. um, But again, there's research and evidence that shows that well-doing, in other words, doing well for others, um, increases your well-being. It makes you happier. And then lastly, always, always make time for God. Make that time for prayer and for meditation, those are often those moments where God will tell you what the next step is that you need to take. Sometimes the next step is to be still for a while and just know that He is God, and other times He's going to tell you to step out, to be bold and courageous and do something new. But you learn that by being quiet, by praying, by having that consistent time and fellowship with the Lord, and so you need to be very intentional about that.
0: Great advice from a great guest. It has been another great road show. I'm David Warren, your host, and we've been talking today about where we're going from here, about moving forward when life doesn't go as planned. The name of the book that we have talked about is Where Will You Go From Here? by today's guest, Valerie Burton. She is a certified personal and executive coach. More on that and her CAP Institute, as well as a way to order the book and request your free weekly e-coaching email. Just simply go to ValerieBurton.com. That's spelled V-A-L-O-R-I-E. B-U-R-T-O-N dot com. This book is also at your local Christian bookstore or can be ordered there on Waterbrook Press. Again, the name of the book, Where Will You Go From Here by Valerie Burton. You know, the book's been out just a few months. Have you been getting feedback already, Valerie?
1: Oh my goodness. It's just amazing to see the feedback and that makes all that, all that writing and <laughs> all that effort really, really worth it. I um, have been getting some amazing feedback from people going through um, some really tough situations, and um, I just know that your listeners are going to get something from it too. Just know that where you are isn't necessarily where you're going to end up, and and keep the faith, and know that God is still with you, and He's going to bring you through this. You're going to have quite a testimony.
0: Well, you are a delight, Valerie. Come back and visit with us soon.
1: For Valerie Burton. Thank you so much. I look forward to it.
0: Thank you, Valerie. For Valerie Burton, I'm David Warren, your host, and it has been another great. Roadshow. You've been listening to The Roadshow. If you'd like to write to us, here's our address. The Roadshow, P.O. Box 1924, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74101. Our email address is roadshow at oasisnetwork.org. The views of today's guest aren't necessarily those of this station, but we do appreciate and thank our guest for spending this time with us. The Roadshow an Oasis Network presentation.